Well, we're glad, praise God, what God's doing in our midst. Amen. Are you glad? Look at your neighbor and say, we're ready for some more, though. Praise the Lord. All right. We are, uh, we have the last couple weeks here, um, on Sunday here, have been um, uh, talking about, really about walking in um, the life of God and... uh, the statement that we've been kind of making the last couple of weeks has been um, that the key to life is to make Him your life. Amen. If we want to walk in the life of God, the Zoe life of God, it starts by making Him your life. Amen. And so we're going to, uh, we touched on some things last week, kind of went through some things, and of course I didn't get done, so uh, I told you last week we were going to kind of pick up and, and talk some more. So let's do just a little brief uh, uh, review. I say that we never know how that's going to go, but anyway, we'll try. Anyway, a brief review. Uh, uh, let's go John ten, please. John ten and verse ten, a common verse, uh, but hopefully uh, getting a fresh fresh look at it here. Uh, John ten and ten. This is Jesus talking. Uh, he says, "The thief does not come except to steal, and to kill, and to destroy." How many know that's what the thief does? So how many know that's what the thief does? Thief ain't never there to help you. Come on now. You might be, there might be a moment in there you might think, oh, he's so nice. No, he's not. He always comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what he does. But Jesus said, I've come. Now, he, he just settles it. I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, praise God. A life more abundant, praise God. The word life here is the word zoe. That's the Greek word here. Zoe, not every word, uh, L-I-F-E, life, uh, is necessarily the same Greek word, but this is definitely the, the Zoe life, amen, which means absolute life. Everybody say absolute. Absolute or literally means pure life. So anytime it's absolute or pure, what it means is then it's absent of some things. It's absent of death. It's absent of darkness. It's absent of, uh, what else is it? Absent of the curse. There's something else, praise God. So absolute life or pure life, the God kind of life, amen. Paul called it the life of God. Jesus called it the abundant life, amen. So uh, the life of God, the Zoe life, the absolute life, without dark, without curse, come on, without death, praise God, absolute life. Look at your neighbor and say, we could use a little more of that, amen. So let's look at it just in a few translations here. I think I got a few of them up here. We'll pull them up. What's that? Curse-free. Okay, yeah, amen. All right, so uh, let's see. What do we got here? Let's put the message translation, if we got that. Uh, message translation says, The thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I come so they can have real. Everybody say real. Real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. Amen. That's what we've been talking about. Amen. If we, if we tap into that life, amen, everything that you've ever wanted is in that life. The temptation always is to chase something else. But see, really, to be honest, you'll just be chasing your tail. Because the real life that you want, everything you want is in God. Amen. Hallelujah. And everything else that you actually think you're chasing out there, you'll find it's in God. Amen. And it's that, except without any sorrows. That's a good thing. Amen. So anyway, let's look at another one here. The Amplified, praise the Lord. 
says this, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. Hey, that's good news. We can actually enjoy this life. I mean, some Christians you get around, they look like they've been baptized in lemon juice. You know what I mean? They don't look like they're having any fun. I don't know what the problem is. You get to know Jesus a little better. Come on now. And all of a sudden, you're enjoying this life. Come on. So have and enjoy life. And then it says, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I like that. That's what that word abundance actually means. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Exceeding. Overflowing. Amen. To the full and beyond. Amen. That's what that word abundance means. Uh, let's see. Did I give you another one, Matt? Praise God. Uh, New Living Translation. Here we go. It says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy my purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Praise God. So anybody that will tap into him, praise God, will have a rich and satisfying life. I like how he worded that. That's pretty good, isn't it? Praise God. So the key to life uh, is making Him your life. Amen. The key to life is making Him your life. Amen. Um, let's see here. Let's see. How do I want to do this? Um, let's go to Acts 17. We'll put that one up. It was a verse we used last week. We'll go ahead and touch on that for a minute. All right. Hallelujah. Now, um, the idea and what we've been talking about the last two weeks um, is that um, if you're not tapping real life, then we're just kind of playing around with normal life. Um, life itself, just the word life, if you look it up in like a, you know, Webster's Dictionary or, a, uh, you know, maybe a new, uh, you know, new college world dictionary or some kind of thing like that, it defines it as an individual's animate existence, hmm. an individual's animate existence or being or in being, which kind of a, seems different to me, but, but it, it, they use the word in, I-N uh, dash being, okay, so in being, which just means a normal everyday existence. Now, you're not called to live just some normal everyday existence, but if you're not tapping the abundant life, guess what, that normal everyday existence just kind of seems to happen. And it has a tendency to take over. The problem with that, with letting that kind of life happen, the problem with that is that uh, the enemy takes advantage of that. Because see that verse there in John 10, it's dealing with really two types of life. You got your abundant life, and then you got the everyday normal life where the thief comes in and constantly steals, kills, and destroys. And that's what he does. Now, um, Paul writes it this way to those in Athens here in John, or probably Acts 17. He brings it out. He says, in him. In other words, when you make him your life, in him we live. That's where life, that's again that Zoe life. In him we have life. In him we can enjoy life. In him. Everybody say, in him. Now, that's, that refers to being positioned in Him. That means a choice and a decision. That's what we've been talking about, is positioning ourselves in Him because that's the key to life. Amen. So in Him we live, in Him we move, and that word there uh, literally means to be uh, motivated or stirred to move forward. So in Him we live, we have life, and in Him we literally have motivation to move forward. 
I mean, life itself, just normal living out there has a tendency to kick you down and then keep kicking you when you're down. You know, somehow or another, uh, the enemy has a tendency to hop on the bus and run you over. And then he backs up over you. Then he hits you again. Then he goes down the road a little bit and he looks back. If he sees you moving, he'll turn that bus around and come hit you again. That's how he works. That's how he works. But in him, hallelujah, not only do we got life, but we're motivated to move forward. We're motivated to take ground. We're motivated to do something with our life, praise God. Hallelujah. In him we live and move and have our being or have our existence. Amen. Hallelujah. It even uses the word, if you look that word up, it even uses the word hope in the sense of you have hope for a future. Hope for better days. Hope for things happening, praise God. And it's not just talking about someday in the sweet by and by. Amen. We have a life in God that we can enjoy. Now, Paul said this. I didn't give this to Matt, but if you, you, know, if you get a chance sometime, go back to Ephesians 4. And Paul said it this way. He called it the life of God. And what he said was, uh, he says that if we walk like everybody else, if we, you know, if we conduct life like everybody else out there. In fact, he even says like the Gentiles. And that word Gentile just means one without God. He says if you just conduct life and live life like everybody else out there, he says that you become alienated like they are from the life of God. You become alienated. And all that means is a non-participant. See, when you choose just to live life like whatever, what you've done is you made a decision, I'm going to live life like everybody else. That's why you got Christians out there that are just have, have no different life than the world around them. Now, they might have fire insurance. They may, you know, they're not going to hell. Uh, but uh, I don't want to just live this life knowing I'm not going to hell someday. I'd like to enjoy the life that I'm called to live right here. Amen? Right? I mean, that's the way it's designed. But, you know, a lot of people just live life and let it happen however it happens, and then one day rejoice because they get to go to heaven. And, and we do rejoice that you get to go to heaven and that we get to go to heaven. But, but uh, why, uh, why uh, you know, waste our days? Letting the enemy dictate our lives when we can have abundant life. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not going to be alienated from that. Amen. I'm going to be a participant, not a non-participant of the life of God. And it comes down again. You have to decide what you're going to do, how you're going to live it, how you're going to walk it. Amen. So he says that in him, praise God, we, we live, we move, and we have our being. Now, where we kind of left off was out of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy Chapter uh, 30, please. Deuteronomy 30. Hallelujah. Let's go there. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Are you doing good? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We got partway through this last week. And um, so I think what I'm going to do, Matt, let's, uh, we're going to read through it. And then uh, I believe I got a, uh, the New Living in that verse 20, I believe. So let's read verse 19 and 20. It says this, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. Now, again, what's going on in context? Um, he has just got done um, explaining, defining the blessing and the curse. Life and death. And so he's trying to explain it so you understand. So there's not going to be any question later. What's the blessing? What's the curse? 
There's not going to be any question later when you, you might say, well, I didn't know. He's going to say, no, 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 you, you all knew, right? See, now, you see, there ain't nobody here uh, that's, that's at the service today or been in the last couple of them, or if you're watching or listening by Internet, you ain't going to be able to go, someday you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to stand before the Master and go, I just didn't know. He's just going to do an instant replay of Pastor Jerry. And say, yeah, Pastor Jerry told you all about it. So he's talking to them saying, listen, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. Not that he's upset or mad. He just says, listen, listen, you ain't going to be able to say later you didn't know because I explained it to you. All right. And he goes on to say that I have set before you life and death. In other words, I explained it to you. I've set it out here now. This is what life is. This is what death is. This is the blessing. This is the curse. Life, death. Blessing, curse. Life, death. Blessing, curse. Any questions? Life, death, blessing, curse. Now, just in case you don't know, in case you're struggling with this, make a choice. Choose life. Now, you and me, we read that hindsight and we go, well, duh. <laughs> well, who would choose the curse? There ain't nobody that stupid. Choose life. Why? Well, that you, and he says, both you and your descendants may live. So in other words, the choice that you make ain't just about you. It's about those around you. Come on. It's that family. You got to choose life. Why? Because you want it to affect not only your life, you want it to affect the lives of those around you. Verse 20, praise God. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life and the length of your days. Now, he defines this. I love how he says this. Amen. He, when he says He's your life, he's not just talking about, amen, that you live long. He's talking about a way of life, amen, and He's also the length of your days. You see that? Amen. And that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abram, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. That was the promised land. Amen. Now, the new living in this verse, it kind of, kind of brings it into a, a little bit of a perspective here. He says, um, you can make this choice. So now listen, verse 19 again, he says, make a choice. Choose life. Look at your neighbor and say, choose life. Choose life. Uh, say it again, choose life, choose life. not death. Choose the blessing, not curse. Choose His way. Zoe life. The God life. Amen. The abundant life. Amen. Choose life today. So choose life. Well, you know, we say, well, duh. Well, this is how you make your choice. By loving the Lord. By obeying, come on, and by committing yourself firmly to Him. That's how it words it here in the New Living. Let's put verse 20 back in the New King James. And it says, by loving the Lord your God and obeying His voice and that you may cling to Him, all right? For He is your life. Amen. So He tells you how to do it. So the thing that, that, that strikes me on this whole thing you know, you get to the new covenant, 
and you know, Jesus kind of defined some things, Paul defined some things, and the whole time from the very get-go, the Lord was divining it. He said, you want a life? This is how it works. You know, Deuteronomy is kind of a wild book. It's probably not a book that everybody just loves. I can't wait to get to Deuteronomy and read, you know. Uh, maybe the only one, maybe worse than that, maybe it might be numbers. But, uh, you know, so there's a lot of things in there. It's like, okay, okay. And, you know, it talks about, you know, the, the commandments. And, and then he called it, print, you know, the principles and the, and, and the precepts and the different things. And then, and then he goes into the blessing and the curse and, and says, now choose life. And, you, you know, all that he mentions. And, and, and you might think, well, you know, man, all these rules and all these ordinances and all these, you know, principles and all these things. Like, who can even wrap their head around it? And he says, that's the point. You can't. So let me, let me show you how to choose it. How about love me? How about obey when I lead you? Right? How about cling to me? So you do these things, and what you've done by doing these things is you chose me. You chose me by loving me, obeying, and clinging to me. Praise God. So we defined some of those last week. We didn't get all the way through it, but the word love here... You know, sometimes uh, love can be quite a word. Um, you know, I love you. I love you too, honey. Just love you. I love you too. What's that mean? I don't know. But I love you. And I love my dog. And I love apple pie. And I love motorcycles. But I love you, honey. Some people, what, what does that mean? Well, uh, you know, you, get, you throw it all in the same sentence. So a lot of times love itself can be, uh, you know, kind of misconstrued. And uh, you know as well as I do that, you know, to say you love somebody, if there is no action behind it, it was just a bunch of empty words. Come on, right? So he says, love the Lord your God. So this particular word here in the Hebrew, amen, don't you like it when we define things? At least I like it, praise God, because I think it makes a, lot, a lot, makes a lot of sense. The word love here is ahab, A-H-A-B, ahab. That's, pardon me, the Hebrew language, all right? So ahab, all right? So it means to befriend, associate with. It speaks of a dear companion, to have communion or attachment with, affection for, amen? So it's talking about a friendship, all right? It's talking about walking uh, with to commune with, to fellowship with. Um, I brought this out, touched on this last week, but our patriarchs of faith, uh, the thing that you find, uh, especially the couple dozen that they you know, specify in, in, the, in the new covenant, the ones that, I mean, really just did things, man. They're just things that their faith was acknowledged and things that they did. The Abrahams, the Moses, the Davids, you know, the Daniels, you know, these, these are ones that specifically, you know, they, they speak of, amen, and talk about. They all had this in common, the word says, they walked with God. They walked with God. And all it means is they befriended him. They, they literally means to communicate with. It means small talk. They became a friend. The ones that succeeded, it started with a friendship. They talked to God, communed with God, fellowship with God. 
talked about things, little things. Somehow that gets lost. We get saved and we think God don't want to talk to us till we're ready or we're pure and we're perfect or until we have some big thing we have to talk to Him about. The whole time God was wanting to talk to you, He wants to talk to you about your socks if you want. God, you know, you think these socks look good? Somebody say, oh, that's stupid. Is it? You know, I used the illustration uh, before about, you know, if God, uh, you know, asked you to, hey, uh, wear red socks today. You say, well, that's stupid. I don't even have any red socks. Wear red socks today. Well, I'd go find you a pair of red socks. You got to borrow them from your wife? Go do it. <laughs> Might be weird, but anyway. The, she don't have red socks either? You don't have red socks? We better get a pair of red socks. It's a good pair of red socks. And you think, well, what does that? I mean, what does I mean, really? Well, you don't know. You get to work, and some guy that morning said, God, if you're real, make sure Jerry shows up with red socks. You come in, and you go, huh? You don't know what's going on, right? But see, though, that sometimes just by befriending God and talking with God, fellowship, you might be amazed at the things God starts talking to you about. All these things in your life that's trying to press you down, trying to run you over, trying to dictate and control where the enemy has slid in there and trying to somehow take life. Amen. God is there the whole time trying to talk to you about things, walk you through things about your family, walk you through things about life itself. He'll show you how to do this, how to do that, how to say that, how to do this, who you talk to, who you don't, what you write, what you don't, what you sign, what you don't. There's so many things that come out of just having communion with God, a fellowship with God on a day-to-day basis. Your walk in God actually started with it. Um, I don't know, Matt, did I give you John 17? Did I give you that verse? Um, We'll come back to uh, Deuteronomy here in a second. It says this, and this is eternal life, okay? This is eternal life, all right? Now, we all, most of the time when you hear the word eternal life, we automatically think, you know, someday when we get to heaven. But eternal life just means perpetual life, and the the word there is actually zoe, okay? So an ongoing, perpetual, zoe, absolute life, amen. What is it? He defines it. It's that they may know you, this is what Jesus said, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ in whom you've sent. They may know you. That's how eternal life started, is just getting to know Him. So you tapped eternal life when you made Jesus Lord of your life. When you first got to meet Him, amen, all of a sudden you tapped a thing called eternal life. Now whether you continue with that in the sense of that perpetual Zoe life is going to be up to you. Still with me? See, the key to life is making Him your life. Now, I don't remember which, did I give you like uh, Amplified or the New Living or something of that? The Amplified says it this way, and this is, the, this is eternal life. It means to know. Now, he, now he defines it here in the, in the Amplified. To perceive, to recognize, become acquainted with. Everybody say acquainted with. This is how it starts. And understand you, the only true and real God, 
and likewise to know Him, Jesus, as the Christ, the Anointed One, the Messiah, whom you've sent. Praise God. Did I give you another one, Matt, or just that one? Okay. I was thinking I had another one in there. Let's see if I've got it here. Uh, it was the Weiss translation. That's right. I didn't give you that one. It, it says this, having an experiential knowledge of Him, becoming acquainted with Him or having an experiential knowledge. Okay, so experiencing something. So how, what is eternal life? Is having an experiential, amen, right? Experiencing something. Coming into a place of acknowledging Him. Coming into a place of, of being acquainted with Him. Amen. Becoming a friend. That's how it starts. Now you say, oh, Pastor, why are you talking all this stuff? Because anybody in the room can do this. And we miss out on that abundant life. We miss out on that life of God because we just don't carry on any kind of relationship with Him. We got saved and we might come to church and we might, you know, maybe, uh, you, know, you know, get into the praise and worship a little bit. You know, cheer the preacher on when he's preaching. That was weak. And cheer the preacher on when he's preaching. Yeah. You know. But how many know it isn't just when you come to church that you get acquainted with him. I mean, we want you to come to church. Because it's a key way to get acquainted. Amen. We should be communing with Him on a day-to-day -day basis and throughout the day. and Because that's part, that's how you start tapping. I mean, that's the key to living. The key to life, amen, is making Him your life. Now, there's so many other benefits uh, to tapping life, you know, making Him your life and communing with Him and fellowshipping with Him. The Word talks about presence. When you connect with Him, you tap a thing called presence. Right? Now, presence is good. Okay? It means it refers to a, a, a coming into a place of face-to-face -face with God. Amen. So, a place of presence. Now, the Word talks about all kinds of great things that happen with presence. There, the Word says, in His presence is fullness of joy. Man, y'all, it's going to be, oh, just, oh, God, life just, oh, life's just getting me down. <sighs> You need some presence, buddy. You start communing and fellowship with him, presence begins. All of a sudden, it's like this. I mean, you're like, whoa, what happened, man? I was talking with God today. Whoa. Whoa. They all look at you like, you know, really? Yeah, you should try it. It's amazing. Amen. In his presence is fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. I mean, the word even says there's rest, there's, there's strength. You get rejuvenated, praise God. It says there's times of refreshing, times of restoration, all come from the presence of God. Right. So, man, just talking with God and fellowshipping with God, there's the opportunity for presence. And all of a sudden, things begin to kick in and happen. So we're talking about the life of God, the abundant life. See, when you start, you start initiating something, you know, Trudy talked about that, that doorway on your side, right? That's a pretty good analogy. That's exactly how it works. So just by learning to start fellowshipping and communion with God, it's like you've, you've opened up that door. The Word talks about grace. 
Amen. Grace, divine influence upon the heart, and then it's reflection in your life. A divine influence. If you don't spend time with Mr. Divine, there's no divine influence. So you got to spend time with Mr. Divine. You spend time with him, and he has now an opportunity to impart, amen, to influence, to impact your heart, your core, so that it can turn now and be reflected in your life. All that comes from presence, spending time with him. That's good stuff. Amen. You talk, you commune with Him. What else you get? You get answers. You get clarity. You get direction. Amen. He, he starts talking to you about things. Amen. Those things that, that, that you get all worked up about. He's, he talks to you about those things. That, hey, here, here's what we do about that. Here's how we handle this. This is what we do. This is what we give heed to. This is what we re- reject and ignore it. This is what you push aside. This is what you hang on to. All that stuff starts happening when you start communing with Him. I mean, why would you want to miss out on that? Well, I'm afraid if I get there, he's going to talk to me about stuff I don't want to talk to. You know, there's the chance of that. But I don't understand why you're going to keep letting the devil just take, you know, steal, kill, and destroy in your life. I think it would be better to, let's go talk about it. Amen? I mean, you might be amazing. He might not even, he not even bring that thing up until you're ready. <laughs> But I'll guarantee you, he'll talk about things. I mean, you'll get clarity about some things. Amen. It's necessary to spend time with him. It's where it starts. Anybody can do this. Anybody can do this. I said anybody can do this. Everybody can do this. Amen. Does anybody in here have a friend? You don't have friends? Oh, I, I, anybody have a friend? I have a friend indeed, or something. <laughs> Amen. Y'all got a friend? If you don't, then see me later and I'll, I'll be your friend. Right? Right, Rick? He's my friend. Amen. Now, y'all have a friend. Now, how do you make a friend? How do you make a friend, Rick? Get to know him, hang with him, talk with him, go boating with him, eat cake. Break bread. Let them buy you a meal. (laughs) Huh? I mean, all the things you can do, and you think all you did was spend a little time with them. All you did was commune with them, fellowship with them, talk with them. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you find out what things you got in common. And and you might even find out there's certain things you just stay away from, don't talk about. Right? Because there's some people that are your friends, but you just know anytime you get on that one subject, it just kind of brings some tension. So, you know, because you're a friend, you, you know, you just learn to, you know, you know, agree, you know, you know, to disagree or however that phrase goes, whether you agree to disagree. Is that how it goes? Something like that. Anyway, and you just, there's just certain things you learn about each other and, and pretty soon you, you're talking about things and it could be you're talking about hunting or uh, talking about, you know, uh, you know, cars or talking about horses or, or, or talking about, you know, knitting. Maybe. Rick loves to knit. No, no. <laughs> Talk about all kinds of things. I do so. Yeah, he does so, though. Amen. Hey, by the way, I, got, I probably got a shirt you could sew up for me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he does. He's a, a taxidermy, so he does do some sewing. Amen. Okay, we'll leave that alone. I'll leave that. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, how do you get to know people? You just start investing some time. 
Take a few minutes. Talk. You know, and that's all it takes, and it starts a relationship. And little by little, it builds and it grows. And you think, well, why are you talking all this? Because that's no different with the Lord. That's where it starts. It starts talking about the things that, the little things, the things that maybe concern you, the things that you, you wonder about. And, you know, what about this? And, you know, now, you know, I got this, this kid thing going on. How do I handle that? And, and you know, this, this, this pressure at home about this and this financial thing that's going on here. And, and you know, this is health issue I'm dealing with. And, I mean, you just start talking. And pretty soon, you know, you, pretty soon the more you do that, the better you get to hear the voice. The Word even says you begin to awaken morning by morning which means, amen, every day, it's a daily thing that the more you do it, your ear begins to awaken. Somebody said, well, I ain't never heard God. When's the last time you talked with him? And then, listen, not just talk, but give him a time to talk back. That's another thing. Some people want to do all the talking. Then they wonder why God don't interrupt them. Because he's a gentleman. Okay, that's another sermon. But anyway, the point is, How does this work? Well, you just keep doing it. And little by little, you develop a friendship. Amen. It's the beginning. Now, what's the next part there in Deuteronomy 30? Not only love the Lord your God or befriend the Lord your God, but then we got to obey His voice. Are you with me? That's key. Okay. In fact, the whole thing in the blessing, the difference between the blessing and the curse was contingent on whether you're going to heed the voice or not. So God will talk to you about things, but then he might say, are you going to give heed to what I'm talking to you about? Right? Are you going to, are you, going to you know, the word there to obey means to, to literally to give heed in order to follow. To give regard to in order to give heed to. All right? So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm communicating with Literally, befriended and communicating with the creator of the ends of the earth. The one that designed it all. The one that made it all is actually carrying on a conversation with me. I remember, uh, I've had a lot of these kind of experiences, but I've had uh, this one. We were at some meetings and, and um, um, a billionaire uh, was at the meetings, and, um, you know, um, he was testifying about what the Lord had done in his life, and, and, um, and uh, so um, the next morning, I'm down having breakfast at the hotel, and uh, uh, this billionaire now is down there eating a muffin, him and his wife, and, uh, you know, just, you know, getting my coffee and, and getting a Danish or something, you know, and, and I walk by, and and, uh, and he, he says, you've you been at the meetings? I said, I have been. I've been. I enjoyed your meeting yesterday. I appreciated that. You know? He said, why don't you sit down with me? Really? Me and my wife would love to have you sit down with us. I ain't going to pass that up. Well, Trudy was waiting for the muffin. I, forget that. Sorry, Trude. I'll bring it up later. Sat down just... What do you say? I'm in the presence of a guy. What can I say? He asked a question. I'd answer it. And he'd tell me about something, you know, that went on, how it worked for him and this kind of thing. And I'm sitting there just gleaning from a a man that 
you know, God has blessed abundantly. And he gives God all the credit for it. Well, these are the kind of things that, you know, you think, whoo, what an opportunity. Amen. Had the opportunity to go one, one day. We went to, you know, a, a minister that everybody knows around the world. And uh, we go to his headquarters, him with, a, uh, with Brother Mike and, and Trudy and, and Elaine. All of us were together, went to go visit a brother. And, and uh, he said, hey, come on up to the office, man. We ran up there. And he said, hey, looked at Trudy and me. He said, hey, I've I seen you guys at some other meetings. Yeah, yeah, I remember you guys, you know. And so we're up there and doing all kinds, showing us this and showing us that. You're just like, oh, my gosh, look at all this. And he says, hey, how would you guys come over to the house? Really? Come on over. Show you the house. Praise the Lord. Opportunity. Just and listen to him. And, and just he was like a kid in a candy store explaining how God did this and God did this, how God provided this and God, God did this thing for him. And then this thing over here, and God just spoke to him and told him to do this, and he did that. And bang! This thing happened. And he was like this the whole time. Just like, and we're like, yeah. You think, wow, what an opportunity. Yeah. But every day of your life, you have the opportunity to spend time with the creator of the ends of the earth. I mean, praise God for all the glorious natural connections, divine connections that God's given me. But there ain't nothing compared to what I get to talk to, who I get to talk to, what I get to, you know, hang with every morning of my life. And I see it as a privilege. So it starts in with him communicating. And then he starts talking to you about things. Are you willing to follow that? Are you willing to give heed to it? Amen. That's just part of life. If you want the key to life, befriend him and follow him. Amen. He totally knows what you're going through. You know, there are people that will look at me sometimes and say, Well, Pastor... You just don't understand. Well, you know, you might be amazed at what I understand, but, but I, you know, I maybe haven't been through what you're going through right now, but, but I'll tell you the one who does know. So maybe the preacher man maybe can't necessarily, you know, know every answer in that situation, but I know the one that has all the answers. And you get to communicate with him, and all of a sudden he starts talking to you about this situation, talking about this, and he might just give you a leading. I've had some crazy leadings over the years, just little bitty things, and it was never anything that I couldn't do. It was always simple little things. People think that, no, he's going to say, move ye to Timbuktu. It's like, I knew it. As soon as I was going to talk to him, he's going to make me go to Africa. I don't know where Timbuktu is. Is it in Africa? I'm assuming it's in Africa, but I don't know. Anyway, the point is, amen, we always think that God, you know, when he talks, he's just going to, you know, this, this glorious call or some kind of thing or ask you to do something you ain't never going to be able to do or don't ever want to do or whatever. And the whole time it's simple things like, shut thy mouth. Hmm? That's true. That was one. That was a, you know, I'd uh, one time um, pulled out of my shop with my bike and, and uh, somehow my uh, 
cord that pulls my big door down, it got hooked on my, my, uh, my brake, my bike. And praise the Lord, it didn't pull me over, but it snapped my uh, brake lever. And the uh, Spirit of God says, you know, I was like, oh, man. Well, you know, I did. The Spirit of God says, go down to the shop over there. I had, well, I'll just go do it. So I went to the shop, right? So I rode the bike in the shop, and I just said, hey, you know, this is what I got. And what do you think? He says, looked at me, he says, that's funny. I just found one of them in my toolbox just yesterday. <laughs> Here, let's put it on. And I went, what do I owe you? He says, I don't even know where that thing came from. It's yours. Yeah, see what I'm talking about? It's even God's into Harleys. Come on now. Yeah, baby. Abundant life. Amen. And you think, well, man, you know. No, there's all kinds of things. God will talk to you about stuff. Amen. And then he leads you. He'll lead you. He'll lead you. Amen. And just all he wants you to do is follow. Simple little things. You know, I use it many times. The illustration is, I mean, God will tell me, go to Fred Myers. You think, go to Fred Myers? That's weird. Go to Fred Myers. If God says go to Fred Myers, go to Fred Myers. I'm just saying. Okay? You think, well, maybe there's a, there's a, a sale going on. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, a three for one. I don't know. Well, if that was the case, that'd be fine. But the point was, it usually isn't that. It's usually something else. So uh, go to Fred Myers. I go to Fred Myers. He, he'll be specific. Aisle seven. So what do you do? <laughs> You're catching on. <laughs> See? That's not hard. So you go to aisle seven. So you don't go out down aisle eight. Right? Come on. Well, there are things in aisle seven I don't like. Tough. Go down aisle seven. Right? See, it's never nothing difficult. He just leads you. So you go down aisle seven, and I go down aisle seven, and I look, and I go, ah, ha, I know why he sent me here. Where have you been? They're like, they couldn't run. They're like, oh, busted. How'd you know I was here? The Lord knew you were here. what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. See, there's all kinds of things got to talk to you about, but you got to be willing not only to befriend, not only to hear, not only to glean, but also to follow when he leads. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, somebody. All right. All right, last one. Let's look at this last one in Deuteronomy 30. It says this. So we love the Lord your God. We obey his voice. And what's the last one? Cling. Cling. This is a good time to be clingy. Not a cling on. Clingy. All right. Clingy. Somebody says, well, that person's so clingy. Well, he wants you to be clingy. Come on, somebody. Amen. So uh, that you may cling to him. Amen. The New Living, what was it we read a little bit ago, it uses the word uh, a, commi a commitment. Amen. Committing yourself firmly to him is how he words that. All right, so to cling. So what does this word here mean? Um, it's uh, dabak. Okay, D-A-B-A-Q is the Hebrew word. Okay, so it just means to be joined or stuck to. Literally means to be glued to, 
In other words, in a sense, it can't be separated, okay? It means to follow close, and it speaks of devotion, a loving devotion, or a firm commitment, okay? So remember now, we're talking about how do I make God my life so that I can experience the key to life or the life itself, right? So the key to life is making Him my life. So how do I make Him my life? See, I can't just say, I'm making Him my life. There's got to be some action behind it. So, amen. So communion with Him, fellowship with Him, befriend Him, follow when He leads, when He says things, give heed to it. Come on. And then cling to Him. In other words, have a commitment about this. Be committed. Amen. Cling to Him. I refuse to be separated. So I am going to be committed. I'm going to have a firm devotion, amen, toward God. Well, well, what do you, well, what do you mean? Well, the, the, the best word, uh, listen, the best New Testament word, I'll put it this way, is one of the words used for love, okay? In fact, uh, brother, if you will put um, Mark 12, uh, verse 30. Yeah, let's go down to 30. We might come back up to 29 here in a minute. Okay, and you shall love the Lord your God. Now, you say, well, didn't we already talk about love? Well, this word here, um, the word love, there's several different words used in the New Covenant, in the, in the Greek, for the word love. Okay, there's several different words. Um, one, of course, is agape, which just means an unconditional love. In other words, with God's kind of love, the love amen, that God has towards you, the Word says, uh, for God is love, right? Come on, He's agape, right? An unconditional love, amen. And He loves you, right? For God so loved the world, agape, right? Come on. But this word is a little bit different. This word here is agapeo, okay? Agapeo. All right, which means really a commitment. All right, so the word means a total commitment. It means a giving of oneself over to another, to bind oneself to, uh, and 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 in a sense that cannot do without. I'm going to bind myself to something that I can't do without. So that's that word agapeo. Okay, so now you see it in this in this particular. Verse, that we all know this verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, amen? And this is the first commandment. Then later it goes, then love your neighbor as yourself, right? It would be a close second right there. So, but he says, love God, agapeo, a total commitment unto God in these areas. So we're talking about the key to life is making Him your life. Well, how do you do that? Well, with a relationship with Him, and then follow Him whenever, however He leads, but be committed in every area of your life. Right. Listen, if you don't have a commitment, you'll always struggle. Right. You always will. You'll war with, you know, should I, should I not, I don't know. If you're committed, there's no question. Should I steal, should I not? Listen, if you're committed to not steal, you'll, yeah, won't even, it's the, here comes the temptation to steal. You go, I don't do that. Huh? 
A commitment unto God is regardless. There's no other options. We don't sit here and debate. There's a lot of people want to debate with me about whether they should go to church or not. Dude, get some commitment. Come on. Well, uh, you know, should we really have to pray every morning? What's your problem? Get committed, right? I mean, should you think we really need to read the word? Really? Get committed here. Huh? Well, you, you know, do I really? I mean, it's like the guy said, you know, who is my brother, really? You know, he says, you know, love your brother. And he goes, well, you know, um, who is my brother? Really, dude? Get committed here. Come on. Walk in love, dude. Come on. Come on. Come on. Be, be okay, all right? Don't, you don't have to, you know, sit here and debate. Right? So he says here, agapeo, the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You think, well, that's a big, tall order there, buddy. No, not really. It just means being committed in these areas with your heart, okay? Uh, Koria, which just means core center. Um, you know, it's not referring to uh, the blood pump. Uh, it's talking to really the center of the core of an individual. It refers, really, it deals with, with the core of the individual in the area of their decision-making, their will, uh, their, their character, all comes out of the heart. Jesus said the good, the bad, and the ugly all come out of the heart of man. What you feed it determines what you're going to do, right? Come on. A lot of people say, well, that's the spirit of man. No, it ain't the spirit of man because the spirit's already clean. Come on, because you're brand new. Amen. But the heart can be, it can deceive you. See, it's talking about the core. Now, what it means, if you look at it, it means the seat of control. Now, you guys remember about, I don't know, about 18 months ago or something, I did a message on, on this where I talked about the four chairs. Remember the four chairs? Anybody remember that? Anybody else remember that? Rick, give me some chairs, will you? We'll do it. We'll do it. Even though I know that uh, um, some were here for that, but not everybody was. Just line me up four chairs, Rick. Okay. Just you okay with this? All right. Um, so okay, we got four four seats. Um, the um, the heart uh, refers to the seat of control. In other words, your decision making, the will of man, is going to come out of the heart. Now all he's asking is is to, for you to be totally committed in, uh, in your heart, okay? So what he's asking is, will you let him sit in the seat of control in your life? See, up till then, you've had it. Up till then, you've had uh, the heart, right? Put that up there again, if you will, brother. So uh, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, all right, uh, which is referring to really the seat of feelings, of the feelings, the emotions, all that's wrapped up in the soul, all right? So the feelings, the emotions, it refers to the seat of the feelings, okay? Uh, uh, the, the next one, uh, which is mind, is talking about the, uh, more of an intellectual area. It's talking about uh, the, um, everything from the imagination uh, to... Um, you know, how you th your thought processes and stuff like that. And so it deals with the seat of reasoning 
is what this seat is. And then the last one, the seat of uh, your strength or your own ability is what it refers to. So your own strength, your own ability, you handling it, you taking care of it. So what God wants is these four seats. He wants to be king. So when the key to life is making him your life by creating a relationship with him and then follow him when he leads and let him sit in these chairs. If you do that, you will never have problems with the commandments. You will never have problems with your neighbors. And I sense in the sense of what to do. I'm not saying a neighbor won't be a stinker once in a while. That happens. But the Lord will at least walk you through what to do, what not to do. You might have a pressure here and there, but the Lord right there, if you got him in these right here, if he's taking the seat and it ain't you, come on. You'd be amazed at what God will help you with. And this we're talking about abundant life. Okay? Abundant life is letting him be your life. All right? So what happens is we argue with it. Well, listen, I, I, this is what I want to do. <sighs> Leave me alone. And the Lord will go, fine. But uh, the problem is with that is um, because you're not tapping Zoe life, you got now everyday life is you're, you're yielding to now. And so the enemy slides in on that. And here he comes to steal kill, and destroy. Now, that kind of life just ain't fun. All because you wanted to sit in the seat. Some of us are, you know. (laughs) Stay out, God. Leave me alone. These are my feelings. Leave me alone with my feelings. I, I can hurt if I want to. Just leave me alone. <sighs> I just don't know why I'm so overwhelmed. And oh, Because you're sitting in the seat. Get out of that seat. You're sitting here letting your feelings dictate, your emotions dictate. And now you're all overwhelmed because <sighs> God says, get out of the seat, will you? Okay, then it's reasoning. Yes, Lord, I I know why you want me to do that, but let's think about this for a minute. Because you know I've been around here for a while. Know a lot of things. Been places. Met people. I understand these things. Let me handle it. The Lord goes, Fine. Welcome to life. And then we go, I just don't understand why my head hurts all the time. I don't understand why nothing ever seemed to work for me. I just can't. I mean, I try. I mean, I went to church. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're taking that seat. You got to let go of that seat. See, these are just things you got to, this is how it works. Well, you know, I don't, I, I don't, this could be a heavy duty revelation for somebody today, but he probably knows more than you. It's just a thought I'm having. But he probably knows more than you. So there's probably a good idea that if, when you start to want to go into that little debate, that little argument with God, to just back up and give him the seat 
and you might be amazed what starts working out. I actually found out a few times that he did know more than me. What a concept. But then there's this last chair, you know, this strength thing. Oh, trying to handle everything yourself. That's the thing that wars with grace. You know, I can do everything in my own strength. I can handle this. I can handle this. I got myself into this mess, and I'll get myself out. Really? That's ignorance gone to seed right there. Right? Come on now. Listen, sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm a man. I'm going to take care of this. Yeah, yeah, you be the man. You be the man. It's better to be the man following the man. Come on. Let him sit in the seat. Let him walk you through things. Amen. Because we get overwhelmed. Think about this. I've seen people time and time again, they get all overwhelmed. I'm here, I'm, I'm doing it. Never mind, I can get this. I'll handle it. I'll take care of it. No, no, gosh, I'm the only one ever doing anything around here. Okay, Martha. Watch it. Martha, Martha. You were overwhelmed with many things. But the problem is, is Mary chose the right thing. She got out of the chair and let me in it. You're over here trying to do everything in your own strength. And now you're all overworked and overwhelmed and mad at everybody, including, now it ain't just your sister that got you mad. You're mad at everybody. And you had the, you had the gall and the audacity to inter interrupt my sermon when I'm talking to them. That's being pretty overwhelmed. How'd you like to go down in history as the one that interrupted Jesus when he was preaching? All because you were overwhelmed. All because you wouldn't get out of the chair. Anybody hearing me today? Yeah. We're talking about simple things. You think, well, Pastor, that's not really all that simple. Actually, it is. It is. It is called a total commitment. Amen. It is, amen, being committed, amen, to just let him be God. Let him lead. Let him direct. Let him give you help. Praise God. And then, you know, that, there's another thing. The Holy Spirit. Sent the Holy Spirit to help. It's like, here, here's some help. Well, now, wait a minute. I don't know if I believe in that. He's there to help. I know, but that's that, you know, hmm, eh, hmm, that tongue stuff. Yeah, it's like weird. Yeah. Uh, it's there to help. Huh, I don't need that kind of help. Really? And then you're the one in my office the next day going, I need help. I just don't know what I'm going to do. I said, hey, I was trying to help you. Has anybody hear me today? You see how easy that is just to get caught up in stuff, and then pretty soon you're just taking the chair. Pretty soon you know your relationship with God kind of got hindered, and you're no longer communicating with Him. You're no longer letting Him lead you and direct you and guide you. And then, you know, now you, you've made a decision that you're going you're gonna to be in charge. And then we wonder why our life is no different than George down the street who don't even know God. That guy, I mean, look at the life. I mean, how, I mean I've been serving you, Lord, going to church. And I even give once in a while. And, and uh, you know, and I, I even helped one time with VBS. And, and, and how come that guy, I mean, he, he has all kinds of great stuff going on. And I'm just like... Just,
a little dramatic, I know. But, but the point is, that's, that's where it goes. Pretty soon we're looking around wondering why and how come the world ain't got any worse life, I mean, or any better or whatever, you know, that life that, you know, we're, we should be, have much better, and yet for some reason their life can be better or no different than mine. And they don't even know God. Because Paul made it clear, said it best. He said, listen, when you walk as they walk, you're going to be a non-participant of the life of God. You're alienated from it now, even though it's available, even though you can have it any day of the life, any day of the week. You just got to make a decision. Is He God or not? Will He be your life or not? Are you going to make Him your life or not? Are you going to follow? Are you going to communicate with Him? Or are you just going to go about and live your life like everybody else lives it? But then don't get mad if your life is no better than the world's. Does anybody hear me? Again, I didn't take away your salvation. I didn't say you're going to hell. But you might live like it till you get there. To heaven, that is. Better clarify that. Somebody go, what? <laughs> you have to make a decision. You want abundant life or not? So I thought I'd do this. I'd close with this, okay? Everybody say, praise the Lord. <laughs> All right, stand up. All right. All right. John 10, 10 again says this, I have come, right, that they may have life. So the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life. I've come, Jesus said, I've come that they might have life, and they may have it more abundant. The message again, that they can have a real life, eternal life, a more and better life than they've ever dreamed of. They amplify they may have life and enjoy that life, praise God, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And the New Living again says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now, how many people in this house today or listening or watching by Internet want that kind of life? I want that kind of life. If it's offered to me, I want it. And it's offered to me. So the key to that life is making Him your life. Amen. By first communing, amen, and then following, amen, and let Him be King in all the areas, amen, of your life. Amen. In the key areas especially, right? All areas, but you know what I'm saying. Areas we talked about. So I think, to me, um, it's worth it. It's worth it. Well, it, it, it costs me a little bit, Pastor. It, it, it does a little bit at first. It, you know, you put, a, put your time into it, a little bit of energy, and extend yourself. Maybe uh, your resources, maybe, for depending on what you're you know, doing, and uh, your, your income, maybe some, maybe honoring God in those things, and your time in the area of service. and All these are just different things you do. But, but you know, in the end, I'd take that life over any other life any day of the week. And if it just means by communing and following Him and, and letting Him be king in every area, it's worth it to me. Amen?
Father, we give praise and glory today. Thank you, Lord, for these principles. We thank you for the key to life, that abundant life, that life of God, that Zoe life, amen, is by making you our life. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity of the connection and fellowship we can have with you as the creator of the ends of the earth. Thank you for the willingness and obedience to to follow your voice when you lead and direct. And thank you, Lord, for helping us get out of our own way once in a while and just take that seat, amen, and be king, amen, of that area or all areas of our life. Father, for that we give praise, we give glory. As your word says, praise God, you're our all in all. So, Father, I thank you for being our all in all. Praise God. For that we give you honor and we give you glory. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.